0: Welcome back to Read Talk. I'm your host, Whitney Godwin. And today we are really excited for this episode because it's really unlike anything that we've talked about on Read Talk before. Um, but it's been a really popular topic with social media strategy um, and just kind of how students are moving more towards that industry in a lot of ways. And so we really wanted to talk to an expert. Um, in the industry, someone who is working um, in social media strategy, and we get to do that today. So um, we are talking to an alumni um, on the inside. Today we are talking to WVU grad Gina Sporio, and she is here with us. Um, She has a really cool job, and we're excited to get to talk to her here today. So hi, Gina. How are you? Hi, Whitney. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. The perfect start to my Monday. So thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. We are excited to have you back. We love connecting with grads um, and we have a lot of students who are actually really interested in pursuing kind of a similar path to you. So um, I am really excited to have you on and I know they'll really benefit from hearing you. So um, before we kind of jump into your background, um, we just really want to touch on that. We hope that future Mountaineers that are listening and the next generation um, really pay attention to kind of how jobs are heading and how things change. Because um, there are a ton of different options within the media industry. Um, And I think digital is really where it's headed. And so I think that you're going to have a whole lot of insight to offer. So um, we're really excited for that. You are a 2013 grad. So we were actually here around the same time. So do you want to talk a little bit about how you ended up at WVU and maybe how you ended up in PR?
1: Yeah, so when I was a senior in high school, I grew up just south of Pittsburgh, and one of the things that my high school had required for all seniors to do was a senior project, and you were supposed to shadow someone in a field that you were interested in pursuing and give a presentation to a few teachers, so for me, I had always wanted to work in sports. That was my dream. I just wanted to be, you know, a sports journalist. Like, I wanted to be a writer, so I had been fortunate enough that one of my mom's, um, Close friends knew a man named Peter King. So, I think if and there are any sports listeners out here, they're probably familiar with him. He was a writer for Sports Illustrated. He did a few stunts on HBO and some Sirius XM. He was a big football guy. Mm-hmm. So, she was able to arrange for me to go shadow Peter King. And I came to New York City. Um, he took me for the day and we went to the New York Jets training camp. It was when it was still on Long Island at Hofstra Um, and I just spent the day with him around camp and he, you know, let me follow him around and to see like what he was doing as far as taking notes and how he was interviewing players. But he also had left me with some of the PR team and they were running the press conferences and different things like that and having the media day. And I'm like, I'm kind of more interested in this. Like I like the events aspect of it. And it just seemed so fun and so fast paced that I was like, I think I really want to pursue a career in this. Uh, So on the way back into Manhattan from Hofstra, which was on Long Island, he was asking me about my day, what I thought, and I had told him about PR. And he said, well, what, what do you want in a school? Like, what are you looking for? And I said, I really want a big school. I want somewhere that has sports. It's a, it's a big, you know, that's what I want to do with my career. So I want somewhere that I can kind of adapt in that environment. Um, And his three recommendations were well, one wasn't really a recommendation. He said, I would say Syracuse, but you're not looking to do broadcast journalism. He goes, I would say Ohio university. It's a great journalism school. That's where I went. He goes, but the sports might not be as big. He goes, I recommend that you look at West Virginia university because they have a great journalism program and you'll have the sports. So for me, I actually didn't even apply anywhere else. That was it. I was sold. I'm like, I'm going to WVU. My mom brought me down. I think that was in August that I was with Peter. She brought me in October. It was on a football weekend, and I just remember being, you know, in the center of campus. And when the clock strikes twelve, and it was playing Country Roads, I was like, "This is where I'm coming to school." That's it. So for me, that was really the the driving factor was, you know, this recommendation from a well known journalist to come to the Pearly Eyes agreed at that time. That's what it was, School of Journalism.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And you'll be also jealous probably like me to learn that we actually have this really cool major now called Sports and Adventure Media. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and so it actually combines, it has elements in both, so the sports media side of it actually has some sports management, sports marketing classes, so you get okay. that like SID events type of side, and it also then has the sports broadcasting side, which is my world, so okay. yeah, so it's like, you know, we got a little cheated, but that's okay. We still have good experiences, but yeah, I think it's really cool that they have that major option now, too, Um, exactly. which I amazing I, yeah i was just a little jealous about that so
1: yeah, I, I think i took some of the classes um mm-hmm. like the they had sportscom as a minor i think they yep. had it my sophomore year they introduced it so i did take a few of the courses like the online ones over the summer yeah and they were awesome so i'm sure the the actual major is amazing
0: yeah for sure so can you talk about maybe a little bit after you graduated like what was the path you started on um you started i think in an agency right
1: So my first job was actually in PR. I was at a boutique PR agency, Um, and this sounds so crazy, and I tell my mom all the time that she had to be absolutely nuts to let me do this, but I know she's gonna listen to the podcast because she was so excited, so I will thank her here for it. But after graduation, I was like, I'm moving to New York, like that's it. And she goes, okay, fine. Didn't have a job, didn't have an apartment um, two weeks after, and I just picked up and moved to New York City. And I was like, I'll figure out a job while I'm there. So I was fortunate enough that probably the beginning of July, I like was really with only out of, without a job for about a month, um, but I worked at a PR agency. And it was very small, and I was expecting, you know, like, grew up watching Sex and the City, and I'm like, this is going to be so glamorous, so fun doing this, doing that. And not to discourage anyone who was trying to still pursue a career in PR, it wasn't necessarily that. <laughs> Um, But I did learn a lot. I mean, there was still, you know, I got to write the press releases. It was very hands-on, very fast-paced, which I liked, but it just wasn't what I was expecting. Um, So my first job was at a PR agency. And how I really got interested in advertising and taking the path of going towards digital media was that my clients, and I worked on the beauty clients, and one that I was really focused on, he was a Touted himself as a celebrity eyebrow stylist, which sounds so crazy, but it's probably the most New York thing that could have ever existed. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm a 22 year old college grad. This is perfect. Like, I love this. So we would go around on these desk side appointments to like Condé Nast, Hearst, um, when it was Time Inc. And now it's Meredith. But we would go there on these desk side appointments. I would be with the client. His name was Joey. And he would meet with all these digital editors and digital creators. And it was always social media, social media, social media. Like, what are you doing on social media? And at that moment in time, I was like, wow, like it's not necessarily like print isn't dead, but social media is like, we can't forget like what this is. Like, where is this going? So I really was interested in learning more about digital media just from going on these appointments. So I'm very thankful for the opportunity that I did have with the PR agency. Mm -hmm. From there, my second job was then at an advertising agency where I was hired to do more marketing and new business, Mm -hmm. but as brands were looking to onboard on digital media, there weren't the media buyers or the planners to accommodate it. So I volunteered and that's where I learned the digital and social media elements. So it was, um, you know, I think that's something for any student that's listening is that you never, even though your first job might not be what it you you hoped it would there's always something to come out of it and to learn and for me you know that was the transition of I don't know if I want to do PR.
0: Yeah absolutely and I think you bring up a couple of good points there I want to revisit the moving to New York because we have a lot of people that want to do that (laughs) so I do want to just touch on that but (laughs) but I think that you know it is really important to put yourself out there in the job even though it's not the job you were hired to do. I think that's how you find a lot of new skills and you know I didn't graduate doing what I thought I was going to be doing going in either because I found something else while I was doing an internship that I had never even considered Um, and certainly I didn't consider social media at all going in because, you know, I graduated undergrad in 2011 and, you know, Twitter and Instagram were really just starting to become commonplace at that point. Um, And TikTok didn't even exist. Uh, We had Vine. Um, So, you know, I, you know, things were changing and people really weren't using social media for things like that yet. And so I never imagined I would be running social media accounts at this point because it's just not something that was on my radar at the time. And so um, thank you for pointing that out because I think that's important. For people to hear, just briefly want to mention so we have a lot of kids that want to move to New York City and start either at an agency or, um, you know, in news or something like that. And I know some of them are hesitant, right, um, about that because it's a big place. It's kind of right out of college. Um, What advice do you have for somebody who is looking to make a jump to a major city? Maybe not even New York, maybe it's LA, maybe it's Chicago, but you know, what, what advice do you have as far as, you know, you you kind of just picked up and went. And so what would you encourage someone with um, who wants to do that?
1: If you're thinking about it, do it. I mean, there I, like, I know there can just be the hesitation and there's the fear of the unknown, especially now the world that we're living in. But do it. It was the best decision. I mean, coming here without a job, I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. And my parents let me do it. Um... And you kind of just, you know, there's so much opportunity here that you have to realize you will be okay. You will figure it out. And you really have to have that. I mean, and with any city in New York, LA, Chicago, wherever you want to go, you have to have that mindset of like, there's so much out there for me. There's so much opportunity. There's so many people here and kind of have that hustler mindset. You know, for me, it was sending out. All these resumes you know every single day like that was my routine I would wake up I would send out resumes and I was like I'm gonna hear back I'm gonna hear back
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of times I did not but then it was you know who can I go out and meet how can I network how can I do this your best resource and from what I found wasn't always what was on paper and what was on my resume you know when you go out and you meet people and you network and you're telling a story I just picked up and I moved here. I have nothing. I have no roots here. I'm not tied here, and that kind of says a lot about you as a person, as your and as your character. So I would advise for anyone to, if you're thinking about it
0: do it. You know, I mentioned this, but, you know, when we were in college, social media was just kind of starting to become more of a brand commonplace before it was always so just social um, and it kind of expanded. And so how have you seen it change? You know, you're talking about working um, with some of that in, in agency and then as you transitioned and now you're at TikTok. So do you want to talk a little bit about how you've seen it change and maybe why you, you know, think social media is so important for brands and companies and organizations or even for individuals who are are marketing themselves
1: yeah and I think like to your point like you you nailed it social media was just the up-and-coming thing between like 2011 and 2013 and then when I came to New York and I heard how important it was for these editors at major magazines to have the social elements and like how they can integrate in social media it's one of those industries and I just think digital media in general is that And it's something I love about the industry is you can go to bed tonight and everything was one way and tomorrow morning you can wake up and there's a new announcement and the industry can be completely changed. It's very, um, up in the air and moving. And that's something that's exciting about it. And to that point, it's just changed so much as far as, you know, its role for advertisers and brands. Um, when I first started in the agency, digital media was, you know, if you want to get social, you're probably buying just YouTube and you're buying it from a digital budget. And that's about it. And then fast forward a few years later, my last role that I was at before I was at TikTok, I actually worked at OMD, which is an advertising agency. And I worked on the McDonald's account, which is a very well-known advertiser, very well-known brand. And you know, I was on a video investment team. And for a video investment team, that's historically buying ABC, NBC, yeah the primetime shows, the cable shows, there's actually budgets and investment in strategies behind social media and other digital platforms coming out of what was once a TV budget. Mm -hmm. So I think that speaks volumes. I mean, McDonald's was not the only account who had a strategy like this, Mm -hmm. you know, many advertisers, many fortune 500 advertisers are taking this. And I think it's a lot to do with, you know, that's where people are viewing. Mm-hmm. The consumption habits on TV stay a little bit older and TV is definitely not dead. People are still watching TV. There's no doubt about that, but it's just the way that we're consuming it. And social media has really almost become more than a social platform. It's an entertainment platform. Like people are viewing tiktok they're viewing they're going to facebook they're going to twitter is their primary source and their primary outlet which is really incredible to think how it's changed so drastically within 10 years you know at first it was a place for you to just connect with your friends and family now it is really an entertainment source a news outlet it's it's so much more than that all just on your phone so i think it's going to continue to change i think um consumption habits are going to drastically shift. They're gonna continue to shift over the next few years, but it really is an amazing time to get into social media and just grow with it. Um, And to that point, some advice that I would have for anyone who is interested in social media or digital media in general for that matter is to really stay on top of the current trends, understand what's happening, how things are changing, why they're changing, because it is happening so quickly that the more you know, I think that would you know, only be, a, be helpful to someone who's looking for a career in this and also can help you find a passion point of what you like about it and what you like about why it's changing.
0: Yeah, and to that, if you don't mind to talk just briefly, because this is something that I address with students all the time. I work with high school students who are interested in media careers, and we talk about, you know, social media is cool. It's a cool job. It's fun. Um, it can be stressful, but there <laughs> are multiple sides to it, right? So, yeah. you know, we talk about it's not just posting a photo on Instagram, or it's not just posting a TikTok, right? There are metrics, there's advertising, there's strategy behind your audience and what you're showcasing. And so, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about from your perspective, like what those teams generally look like as far as like, are they large? Are they small? Like who's on a team? What does the team look like? Um, Because I think a lot of people think it's just as easy as like posting. Cause you know, I get a lot of people who say, (laughs) Oh, your job's so fun. You just post on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh,
1: not exactly what happens, <laughs> you yeah, think, but you know it's so much more than that. And it's exactly right. You know, for me, like now I'm, I'm at TikTok, so I'm at a publisher. I work for a platform, and my title is I'm an agency partnerships manager. So what I do is essentially ad sales. So I'm not selling to an account specifically within an agency. I'm selling to an agency in its entirety, and my job is to understand what the agency's needs are with all the clients within, um, understanding, you know, does a video team have an appetite for social media? Is it just a digital team? And just trying to break down the agencies and make sure that they are trained, that they understand social media, that they understand TikTok, that they understand what makes us different, that we're not A true social platform, which I can get into later where more of an entertainment space, you know, making sure they have all the necessities. So that's my role. But even within TikTok, I can break it down further that there's, you know, we have a team who is posting on our behalf on our social media platforms, we have Creatives. Um, creators are so important to any social media platform. Um, we have a team that manages the creators. So that's really my side of it now at TikTok. Now, coming from an agency, That's where you have also a social media manager who's probably posting on behalf of the agency. So I'll use OMD as an example, since I just came from there, you have their, you know, content creators who are posting on behalf of OMD, but then you have the media buyers and the media planners. So a strategy person would try to understand what the needs are of a brand how we can hit the audience why this audience is important and kind of level setting mm-hmm. and what their social strategy is you know we think TikTok is the partner that we should be on because they're hitting this age range this demographic they have xy and z creator why should TikTok be on the plan and then the media buyer is the one who's going out and purchasing the media from someone like on my team from TikTok mm-hmm. outside of an agency There's so much more, um, you know, there's other publishers. Like if you look at an ESPN or People Magazine, there's a lot of partnerships with other social platforms that you can actually, you know, buy and appear on Twitter, but you're buying it from like a media outlet. There's the content creators. You could go work for like a league um, or you could work for like a a big tentpole event like the Grammys. Mm -hmm. and you're managing their social media. I mean, I just think there's so many different ways that you go about it, but it really, it comes down to your strategy, your planner an agency, you're buying it, you're selling it, or you're the content creator. So I think there's three different pillars, but there's so many different ways and so many different companies that, you know, tap into it. Yeah. So that's something that's, you know, important to know. And I think going back to the points of media changing, I think there's going to be an appetite for influencers and influencer strategy and influencer budgets and things like that. I think that's something that any student would be smart to stay on top of how the influencer marketplace is going.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I I think it's definitely headed that way too. So you are at TikTok now. So what kind of made you transition into that? Like, how did you get interested and think like, oh, this is something I, <laughs> something new I want to try? Because it's still, you know, like you've talked about the same concepts yeah. that you've you've been using, but just kind of applied in, in more of a very specific type of situation.
1: Yeah. So from coming off of um, the team at OMD and I worked on McDonald's again was my last role, just really having that insight to all the different partners that I was purchasing, I really enjoyed exploring and getting the insights on many of the young, uh, younger skewing partners, which TikTok would be one of them, a lot of the social partners, and just the different things that they could do. I think there's just so much creativity and so much that goes behind it and so much opportunity and different ways to go that I was always really fascinated by it. And I think Jumping back even further to the points I made about consumption and where people are viewing media, social media and watching short form content, especially on your phone is huge. So I was really interested in that. Mm-hmm. For me, what really made me switch from an agency to a publisher was I loved the role in general, to be honest. So um, in agency partnerships, you know, you kind of have that entire purview into what an agency is doing and I loved being able to see that and have the different insights. So for me it was more about the role but also the company in itself. You know, like TikTok is up and coming where everyone has has it now, especially after COVID, it's like blown up. Everyone is on TikTok. So it was kind of twofold. Um but it, I'm, I'm very happy that I made the switch. It's very different than being in an agency, but it's very fun and it's exciting. And especially being in a company that is like a startup, it's, you know, every day is something different and I'm, it's, I'm learning every single day.
0: Yeah, so what does your kind of day-to-day look like now? I mean, I know we're all kind of a little out of normal sorts uh, with COVID <laughs> and some of yeah. our home, but um, what, what kind of does a general day look like for you?
1: So my day is currently at home, obviously a little different than what it would be in the city, but my day is very much packed with Zoom meetings, Um, trying to meet my clients, making sure they're getting trained, making sure they're up to speed on TikTok. What do you need? Doing walkthroughs, making sure I'm helping them out in any way possible and trying to help them understand why TikTok is so important for their brand, what the difference we can make, how we are an entertainment platform. You know, you can't just think of us as like a social platform. We're entertainment. So it's a lot of those meetings. Um, My team is all fairly new. One fun fact about us is we've all onboarded during the pandemic. So I just met my boss and another one of my coworkers for the first time last week, and I've been here for two and a half, three months. So um, it's a lot of, a lot of Zoom calls, you know, like this is the way that we're, we're communicating now. So Um, yeah I mean it's a lot of trainings meetings if I was in the office and one of the most fun parts about my job would be having these in-person meetings and in-person events and in-person training sessions so I think that's something that's really lacking for everybody in the industry right now is that direct human connection and interaction Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I mean it's it's training the clients and then we also are doing a lot of you know like insights gathering thinking of how we can continue to like grow the platform what can we what can we do to always you know improve make it better make sure our clients are getting what they need so it's it varies day to day but in just that's um kind of like
0: (laughs) yeah yeah for sure so I think too this is interesting and I just want to touch on it because I do think this is such an important topic right now but we see you know a lot of people talk about how social media is is bad right like oh it's been you know used for for bad and like people just complain all the time and you know (laughs) I as someone who runs some platforms the comment section has been wild in 2020 um but what do you think social media has done for, you know, ju- just journalism and free speech in general. Like, you know, I think we talked about this, but at first social media was just such a place to connect with your friends and your family. And now it's more of like a discussion, a forum, you know, even trends that we see on on TikTok and Instagram are sometimes geared towards advocacy or, um, you know, fact-checking or whatever it might be. So I just didn't know, what. Do you, how have you kind of seen that grow? and And what do you think social really does for that as far as discussion
1: i think in general that social media is it's an amazing powerful tool i mean when i like sit back and think like i can't believe that we're hearing twitter on the news as a key part of the election or facebook Mm -hmm. like it's just crazy to think how much it's grown and how powerful it actually is and i think the benefits of that are, are you know everyone has a voice, everyone can speak, anyone can be discovered. You might have some talent hidden on social media that you didn't know existed and people are really being discovered and becoming someone from this and it's becoming a career. I think it gives people, I mean, and especially TikTok in particular, has really given people a voice Mm -hmm. over the past year um, with so much negative news and so much negative press and just hard times it's become a place for people to feel included in a community, which is great and amazing. And that's, I think one of the main things that has, you know, attributes to our success is that we're unlike something else. You know, you're not, if you think about Instagram, perhaps, you know, you're, you're looking at your friends, you're looking at, you know, people, you know, and you're following, you know, people you're interested in it's kind of the same thing with Facebook, but TikTok has really, made a a community. You're not interacting with people that you know, which is amazing. And it has that sense of inclusivity. But on the flip side for all social media, I think that user safety very much needs to be a priority because when we look at the past year, there has been a lot of false news with COVID and the election and going back to the point of how powerful social media is that could have a negative impact for some, you know, and the hate speech. And Mm -hmm. you even said it, you're watching your comments to make sure people are being like, nice. You don't want anyone to say anything bad. So I think it is very twofold. I think the positives outweigh the negatives, but I do think that all social media platforms do need to get together and kind of maybe not together, but in general have, some sort of user safety elements, um, which I will say that's something that I'm very proud that TikTok has been working on. We have a head of safety that is completely focused on user safety, um, you know, countering hate speech, mm-hmm. countering, you know, making sure that the videos that are posted, you know, and they're very public about that. If you, if someone were to go on our TikTok newsroom blog, they would be able to see everything that we're doing and how much they pride the user safety. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that all social media platforms need to adopt to make sure the experience, the positives continue to outweigh the negatives of what social media can do.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I I love hearing that from you and that you guys are doing that because I think it's so important. And I do think, as you mentioned, that TikTok is so popular, because it it really does feel like a community, you know, and there are communities within the community, and that's cool. (laughs) And, you know, I think that it's just so different than anything we've experienced. And I, especially in pandemic, when people are alone, or not able to connect with people in person more, I think it's been so helpful to so many people. I know that you talked a little bit about this, but where do you kind of envision social media going? I know it's, it's kind of hard to predict, because it does change every day, but do you have any kind of predictions for where you think it's headed over the next couple of years, especially for students who might just be freshmen or sophomores and are interested in pursuing that path?
1: Definitely. So I think one of the things, and we've kind of already seen this start to happen, um, is that it's becoming more of an entertainment platform. It's a main screen. People are going, I mean, if you look at TikTok, like I, me personally, I'm laser focused on TikTok when I'm watching it. Like I'm not looking at the TV, like this is my main screen. But someone could say the same thing about another platform like Twitter or Facebook, you know, like that is what they're looking at. So I think it'll be important to watch to see the evolution of it you know, it's more than just social and who you know. It's mm-hmm. it's a, going to be a place for you to actually watch and engage. And, you know, this is going to be some generation's main form of, of screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's very important to notice. And especially having come from an agency, a lot of these social platforms are competing with ABC and NBC, these major broadcast companies that have been around for so long, they're playing in that space. So entertainment, social media is entertainment is going to be huge. And I think the point of creators and influencers that is going to be, you know, people are being discovered, people are making careers on platforms. Uh, I speak for TikTok in particular, but our creators are bread and butter. And the thing is, everybody can be a creator here. Anyone can be discovered. Anything can go viral. I don't know. Did you happen to see the Ocean Spray video? I did. Okay. So that is just like an example of like the power of TikTok of like how people can be discovered. Um, So I think more brands and more agencies are going to adopt these influencer strategies and social media and influencers are going to play hand in hand. It's almost like they are the actors and actresses of a younger generation.
0: Yeah. And I, we chatted about this a little bit earlier, but I think you, you do like use your content creators, right? Like I, I'm older and while I understand the theory of TikTok, I might not be good at executing it, but my, my kids are, um, and they're living <laughs> what we're showing, right? Yeah. They're living our brand. So why not utilize them? Because they have that experience also. And so I think it's important that we, you mentioned influencers, because influencers, I don't think people make that connection a lot of yeah. times when they think about uh, social.
1: Yeah, and I think like one thing I will call out, like just how powerful the creators and influencers are is that TikTok, we actually are investing in them so heavily. You know, you don't have to be like an Addison Ray or a Charlie. Mm-hmm. To benefit from like our creator fund, which was actually just started, I believe in late July, early August. It was right around when I first started the company. But we're really investing in just anyone, anyone who is a creator, just to kind of show like how important it is and how much it means to these platforms. So I think many other companies might follow suit, you know, in prioritizing the creators if they haven't already.
0: Do you have any other advice or anything else you'd like to say for students who are maybe in ad PR and are really interested in what you're doing or even just students who are interested, like they know they're interested in social media, but they're not sure what side?
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that I would give any advice to any student is, you know, it, especially now, it can be really challenging coming out of school in an uncertain time. You know, it's Everything's remote. A lot of companies have hiring freezes. I would just say my biggest piece of advice is never give up. Um, You know, you really have to, if your first job isn't exactly what you wanted it to be or it's what you thought it would be and it's not, just continue learning. I mean, the education doesn't stop. Once your degree comes from WVU, I'm continuing to learn every day. I'm sure you're continuing to learn every day, especially, you know, you're managing social media. There's always something that's coming up. And I think there's still, you know, passion points. Like for me, I, I wanted to work in sports and I'm not, but I've touched sports in other ways. You know, like I've touched it in previous roles when working on McDonald's, I touch it a little bit at TikTok if there's a brand that has an affinity to sports. So I think it's just, you really have to stay positive and focused. And I think that everything kind of will unfold and play itself out, but don't give up on your dreams. If you wanna move to New York or LA, do it and you will find something there. I can guarantee you that if you want it bad enough, it will definitely happen and everything falls into place.
0: If you'd like to learn more about the public relations major here at West Virginia University, or if you'd like to connect with Gina at TikTok, you can send me an email at wgodwin at mail.wvu.edu. That's going to do it for this episode of Read Talk. Stay tuned for next time.